Good morning, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off the 11th final chapter in the Dodim, 86a. And yesterday we learned, the mother asked, says Shmuel and Shmuel. Here Shmuel says the law follows, the law follows, that the husband could revoke the wife of the house. If she and says that my hands are are so, yeah, the handiworks of my hands are are prohibited to you, even though it does not apply, while she's a, she's married because everything that she does belongs to her husband, so you don't need to revoke. But you do need to revoke because what happens after if he divorces her? And then, and then her handy, then her handiwork will be prohibited to him, and he won't be able to remarry her. So that's why he has to revoke. And he said the law followed So the question is: So it means vows are like hegdus. It means you can make hegdus something that doesn't yet exist. You're saying is that her vow is effective, would be effective after she divorces, even though it doesn't exist now. Right now she's married, and right now the vow, the vow does not apply. So this contradicts Shmuel himself, who said that you can't. The laws like Abiyachn and Hasamda, who says you can't sanctify something that doesn't yet exist. But Rabbi Yosef answered and said that yes, of course we hold that you can't sanctify, you can't be magdish something that doesn't yet exist. But a vow is different. Because just like the Torah makes allows you to prohibit to prohibit something that doesn't belong to you, you can prohibit it on yourself. You know, doesn't belong to you. So too, the Torah allows you to prohibit something that doesn't yet it doesn't it didn't yet happen. So her vow to prohibit the handiworks of her hand after she's married, after she's divorced. That uh, it's effective. So Abaya asked Rabbi Yosef, he says, How could you compare? There, when a person prohibits the fruits of his friend on himself, okay, so you, you are in your own jurisdiction, so you exist, so therefore you can prohibit yourself from benefiting from the fruits of your friend. But, he, but how could you prohibit something that doesn't exist entirely? Right now, her hand belongs to her husband. And how could you prohibit something that's going to happen after she's divorced? Ravun, Rabbi Shua said, answered that she doesn't say my handiwork is prohibited. She said, my hands are prohibited. And her hands exist now. So she can prohibit, so therefore, she can say that her hands will be prohibited after she's divorced. But the Gemara says, wait, but it doesn't matter. Her hands also are committed to her husband. It's the equivalent of... So Rav Ilo wanted to say, it's like a person who says, when he sell a field, and that's what we left off yesterday, when you sell a field, before you sell it, you tell the buyer that when, if I buy it back from you, when I buy it back from you, I'm going to make the field hectic. <laughs> and then it's effective. Why? 
Because right, so therefore the same thing. Since she has her hands now, even though she's saying that after, like I buy it back, and after I divorce from you, then my hands will be hectic to you. So it's effective. But Rabbi Yimmy asks, how can you compare? There, he didn't sell it yet. He's about to sell it. So since right now he has the power to sanctify the field, to make it hegdish, so therefore I can say now that even after I sell it and then I'll buy it back, it's also hegdish and it will become hegdish. But here, right now, at this moment, her hands don't belong to her. So she can't, she can't make a nether now. If you can't make a nether now, you can't make a nether what's going to happen later after the door. It's the equivalent of after he sells the field, he says, this field that I already sold you, when I buy it back, I can make hectic. So she can't. Right now you don't own the field. What's going to happen later is later, not now. The fact that once upon a time you had the field doesn't help me. Right now the field doesn't belong to you. Seventh line from the top. So mask will wrap up. Our papa says, no, Rabbi Yirmiya's analogy is also not valid. Me dummy. Gab is in When you sell something, it's absolute. The buyer owns the field entirely. By a woman, could you say absolutely that her hands belong to her husband? Yes, he has rights, but her hands belong to her. You, Rabbi Yirmiya, that Avila is wrong. That that Avila says that you can't compare it to the fact to the case where he still owns the land. He didn't yet sell it, and he says, therefore, when I buy it back from you, I'll be able to sanctify it. But Rabbi Yirmiya's analogy is not a good analogy either. You can't say it's like a field you already sold, because there you totally sold it. You have no right right now, you have no connection to this land. Here, yes, the husband has rights to her hand, but you can't say it's still her own hands. If you want to compare it, you can only compare it. Ella only If he says to his friend, This field that I pledge to you, he owes money. So he gave him his field as a pledge, as a mashkin. When I redeem it, I'll, 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 I'll redeem it for you. So Milekatra, isn't it effective? In other words, it's my field, but. I pledged it to you. The same thing, her hands, her hands belong to her, but I pledged it to her husband. It's committed to her husband. But since I own it, it's my, ultimately it's my hand, it's my life. So therefore I should be able to, I should be able to say that when I will redeem it, it will be hegdish and, and it's effective. So he says, yes, Rav Illa's, Rav Illa's analogy is not, is not correct. You can't compare it to the case of when he's about to sell and before he sells, he says, I'm going to mock this field. Because it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not similar. As, as Rav Papa asked, how could you compare it? The field's already sold. She's already committed. The hands don't belong to it. But on the other hand, Rav Papa's wrong. The principle Rav is saying is correct. That in this case... It should be able, we can understand why Shmuel says that the laws like that a vow would be effective. 
Because it's not like a Dover Shleibal In the case of the field, it's not going to be If you already sold it, right now you have no connection to the field. So I can't sanctify now. I'm going to say what happens after I buy it back. Then now I'm, I'm announcing now it's being, it'll be hectic. It has no effect. Right now you don't own it. You don't control it in any way. But here, the, she does have a certain connection to it. The, the real analogy would be like a case of a mashkin. You own the field, but you pledged it. And I can say, while it's a mashkin, I can say that when I will redeem it from you, it will become hectic, and it's effective. So here too, she owns her hands, but her hands are committed to her husband, but she has the right to say, and it's effective, that when I, you will divorce me, then my hands will, be, will become hectic, will become a nether to you, a vow, and a prohibited to you, sacred to you. objects to Rapapa's analogy. How could you compare? So, the you know why in the case of a mask you have the power to consecrate your field when it will be redeemed, to consecrate it now, it will, will become effective when it will be redeemed, because I have the power to redeem it. At this moment, I can give him the money, pay back the loan, and then I get back the field. So I, it's, it's, I have the ability to redeem the field at this moment. It's not up to her. She can't divorce. It's up to him. So she's committed. So she, therefore, right now, there's no way out. Right now, my hands don't belong to me, and there's nothing I can do to change my status. So therefore, I should not be able to, to consecrate her hands after the divorce. If you want to compare it, it's only compared to the someone who says, The equivalent would be if he makes a time, he says it's for 10 years, meaning I cannot redeem it within these 10 years. Is the field not? Oh, I want to compare. The real comparison is, but nevertheless, you couldn't be Magdash. Wait a minute. You say she doesn't have the power to divorce. But the Allah is like Rav Huna, she could say, I don't need your support. And, and, and if I get to keep, I keep my earnings. Yeah. So, so she does have an option to opt out. But nevertheless, she can opt out of her obligation to, to sew for him, to spin, to war, you know. But there's certain obligations she can't opt out. She has her hands are obligated. She has to make his bed. She has to, she has to, you know, grinding and baking and other things. So these things, she, she can't, it's not up to her. She can't divorce, and therefore her hands are committed to her husband. For that would not, so therefore that would not be a good comparison if you're comparing to the case. Of a regular mashkin, I can argue that it's not the same. In the case of a regular mashkin, Itaka can, you could, because he has the power to redeem. But in our case, since she doesn't have the power to divorce, it shouldn't be. But if you want to bring a comparison, I'll give you the right comparison to compare it to. Compare it to if he says, Esr Shonim, and within the 10 years you can't redeem it, and nevertheless, so surely you have the power to, to, to consecrate it, to say now that after 10 years, after 10 years when I redeem the field, it will be consecrated. So this is the analogy. Even though she can't divorce, she can't opt out, her hands are committed to her husband, but she should be able to say, so Shmuel is right. Maskala Ravashi, Ravashi questions even this analogy. Me dummy, how could you compare? Awesome, dear Kayets. There's a time limit. There's a dead end. There's a, right, there's a fixed time limit after 10 years. So you know for certain that after 10 years the field will refer to him. 
can go by the whole life. If he doesn't want to divorce, he'll never ever be divorced. There's no time limit. Her hands, maybe her hands will never become hers. So therefore, in this case, you should not be able to sanctify now, to make a vow now that will, that will take effect after she's divorced. Rather, we continue on side B, 86B, rather, the ultimate answer is Ravashi, the editor of the whole entire Gemara, shiny vows are different. Vows are like Gdushas Aguf. It's not like it's not like Hegdish. It's not regular Hegdish. Regular Hegdish belongs to the Temple Treasury. Kedushas Mamin. A vow is Kedushas Aguf. Rav Rav said Hegdish. Like Rav Rav said Hegdish. Hegdish, talking about if, if you had an animal and you designated this animal to pay your debt, you made the animal a to pay your debt, and then you go ahead and sanctify the animal, it's a carbon, the animal itself becomes sacred. So then it overrides the sh- it overrides the shibut. It overrides. You can't collect the debt. It belongs to the to the base of It belongs to the mizbeach. Because because it's a role for the mizbeach. Since an animal, when you sanctify an animal to a kegdish, and it's a perfect animal without any blemish, since it's a role for the mizbeach, the kedusha falls on the animal itself, and so now it belongs to the mizbeach. Belongs to the mizbeach. It overrides any previous. Commitment he had to the lender. If, but if it was just Kedushas, Bedekabayas, the temple treasury, it wouldn't help. It's already committed. If he committed any other property, not an animal, any other property, okay, I'm giving, I'm giving it away to, to, the, to the Chabad house. I'm giving it away to the doctor. I'm giving it away to, that's money. You can it belongs to the Balchayv. It's already committed. And same thing as Chametz. Even if you pledge this Chametz to the non-Jew, and possessions of a non-Jew that a Yid holds is allowed after Pesach, doesn't belong to you. But that's it. But the Paitik is not. The Chametz overrides. The fact that you committed it to him, but the fact that it's yours and it's Chametz, then it becomes Asr Ba'anot. Chametz and Pesach. And, and, and you, have to, you have to destroy it, you have to get rid of it. And if you don't, it's Asr Ba'anot. And so too, Shikhrur. If you made a slave, you designated a slave to pay back your debt, you're going to pay back your debt with it, and then you free him, so he can't collect the loan. It overrides, uh, it overrides, overrides the Shibut. For any Shibut she has to her husband, when she makes a coin, it overrides it. Because it's, it's, it's Kedusha Saguf. So it has the same sanctity of Kedusha Saguf. We're talking about her hand. She's not just saying, my handiwork is prohibited to you. My handiwork prohibited to you wouldn't work. We already explained, Abu Nabi Rabbi Shua said, we're talking about, she says, my hands are prohibited to you, not my handiwork. 
my hands are holy to you, are sacred to you, and you can't benefit from it. Question was, but at the end of the day, the hands are committed to her husband. So it's davrish lebalayilam. How can she prohibit something that's going to happen after she divorced? So the answer is because it's kedusha saguf. Kedusha saguf overrides any shibud, any commitment she has to the husband. Which will work right away. You just said that Kedusha Zaguf and Mekhegdish overrides any Shibut. So it should override any Shibut. She has to her husband. Her hand should become consecrated now. Not only Rabbi Yechim Benuri says after. You're right. You have to learn. Rabbi Yechim Benuri says she becomes prohibited right away. And furthermore, because she will, be, she will divorce. There's a few words missing here. You have to be good. Maybe the Chachamim <coughs> strengthen the Koyach of the husband. Like we find, they made, they made the Yerusha should be like a husband inheriting a wife. It's like, it's like it's the same status as Minatayra it has. They wanted to strengthen the marriage, strengthen the relationship. So maybe the were made his shibud stronger that it overrides her kainim. But nevertheless, so therefore why does he have to revoke it? But nevertheless he has to revoke it. Shema yigar shena. Understand the answer. So, so the question is, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, since now, the Chachamim Aumbua, if the Chachamim made it strong, that her vow, over, her vow does not override the shibud of her husband. So at the end of the day, it's davar shlebaleilam, and there's no ktsava, there's no, there's no time limit. So it's davar But so now we understand, because since essentially the shibud is good, I mean, since essentially this nether would apply, because it's kedusha zaguf and really should override override the shibud. Only the rabbanon said that it shouldn't. So therefore, it's not davar shlebaleilam. That explains why it's not that since Be'etzim the, the, the nether would, would apply right now. It's only that Abbanan made a special takana that it shouldn't. So therefore, it's not Dabrish Lebalaylam, and the nether would apply after the divorce. So that's everything that he says. The husband has to revoke it now. Beautiful. Okay, let's learn the Mishnah. Okay, look at Mishnah. Nodra Ishtei Vesavashan of the Bit. A wife makes a net, and he thought that his daughter made a net. Oh, not repeat His daughter made a net of a sovereign. He made a mistake. He thought she's not rich. Not the Benazir. She made a vow to become a Nazir of a sovereign. He thought she's not the Bekarban. She made a vow to make an offering. Not the Bekarban. He actually made a vow to bring a carbon of a sovereign. He thought she's not the Benazir. She made a vow to be a Nazir. Not She made a, actually made a vow to... Um, Abstain from figs, and he thought that she made a vow to abstain from grapes. Or she made a vow to abstain from grapes for supper. He thought she made a vow to abstain from figs. In all of these cases, he has to revoke the nether again. The revoking he made is partially wrong, it's erroneous. It's, it's, it's misinformation, it's fake news. So it has no validity. So when he discovers the truth, if he wants to cancel the net, then he can still cancel. The day, it says the day you find out. So he made a mistake. In other words, he didn't find out the truth. But the day that he finds out the truth and he still wants to revoke the net, then he could still revoke the net. Or he can confirm it. But, but he still has that option. But he has to revoke the, revoke the net. The net remains in force. 
Because the whole thing was uh, was a false underlying. The whole underlying assumption was false. The pasuk Yani Oisa, you have to revoke her. Her, you have to stop her. Her specifically means the right person, the one who made the neder. It has to be. You have to know clearly: is it the wife? Is it the daughter? And the same thing is the content of the neder. It has to be very specific and very clear what it is. You can't just say, "Doesn't matter. What, what difference does it make? Anyone in my family that made the neder, I'm, I'm revoking it. Does it matter what the subject is? No. You have to know specifically, and you have to revoke specifically." Or if you want to confirm it also. If you confirm it, it's only good if you confirm the right nether. <laughs> if I thought she said grapes, and really she said figs, and I confirm grapes, it doesn't confirm the, the, the figs, because it's, I didn't confirm the right nether. To be continued. We'll learn the Gemara tomorrow.